0: at MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike Crock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Crock. Guys, look, the book is out, as you see behind me. Uh, It's the first podcast actually that we've done with that book in the frame. And if you're watching here on YouTube or on one of the clips on my website, uh, you get to see that. But if you haven't gotten the book yet, it's on Amazon or mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy. I promise you the ingredients in that book will help you become unstoppable. As my mission is, all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. So today's guest fits the bill. And I'm going to go over uh, her bio, and then we'll ask her the famed question that we always start the show with. So Jennifer Ives Grimson was a single mother who had lost everything twice. The second time, she rebuilt by creating small empires for financial independence. She created over 1.4 million in income-producing investments with nothing more than a W-2 and in grit. In 2020, she created the Micro Empires podcast to share her story and to pull back the curtain on the path to financial independence. Which is funny because I think that the journey to success is often invisible. Mm-hmm. And most people don't tell the story until they've made it. And it would be right. cool, which I'm trying to do myself, is to document the journey as you go for people so they can see there and be there with you, supporting you and encouraging you and getting encouragement themselves. So Jennifer, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for
0: having me. I pr- really appreciate it. So you just so happen to be on vacation, which is cool. I'm not yes. going dis- to disclose your location, uh, <laughs> but it is a very nice place that I wish I was right now. So yes. <laughs> So we start the show every time with the question, what are you made of? So let's do it. What are you made of, Jennifer?
1: I'm made of tenacity and the inability to tolerate bullshit. I think that would be if you put me in a cup and mix me up, that's what it would be. I love it. I love it. So I got an equation from one of my
0: coaches that high tolerance equals low production or low performance. Low tolerance equals high production, high performance. And we use the letters like L T H P, H T L P. H-T-L-P. And that gives us a reminder, like you can't tolerate things, man. The more you tolerate, the less you're going to get of good things. And, you know, some people are just so lax and lenient on things and then they just don't want to appear to be an asshole or hard ass or what have you. But at the end of the day, the successful people are the ones that tolerate less, right?
1: Right. I think that's exactly right. When I was thinking about it, obviously your interviews are fantastic. And I love that you said that part about, you you know, building, because I'm not there. I'm not financially independent. Where I am located is not a secret because the paparazzi is not going to follow me. But it's part of my journey and part of the show is that I'm still I'm still on my path. I'm still seeking my financial independence. I want to take people along. It shouldn't be a secret. There are tools for all of us to use where we can manipulate our money and the tools that we have at our fingertips. But you know, it's intimidating. It's intimidating to ask the questions, whether it's real estate or other kinds of things, or to be kind of let yourself be the surrounded by the smarter people in the room and be okay asking those questions just to get yourself ahead. But along the way, there is a lot of BS and you have to kind of know inside yourself, like, I'm not tolerating this, I'm moving on. And it comes back to that law of rocket fuel. Honestly, it comes back to the more you tell me no, the more I just keep going. And it's a little bit of arrogance, but there's nothing wrong with a tablespoon of that. And as long as you balance it with a tablespoon of hum, you know, being humble as well. So.
0: Doesn't it start with ourselves? It really does. You know, kind yeah. of, uh, with one of my mentors, Brandon Dawson always talks about is me leadership. And then you go to we leadership because you're not going to be able to be holding others accountable when you're not holding yourself accountable because you're a fraud, you know, I agree. Online, right? So mm-hmm. to speak on that, how do you, how do you focus on yourself becoming a great leader and not tolerating things from yourself?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, where do I begin every day? I have to remind myself, um, can I curse on this show? Yeah, oh, sure. You sure. can say okay. right, whatever good. you want. <laughs> it's my drug of choice. You know, I'm a recovering asshole. You know, and and that works both ways, right? So I have to remember, like, some of my most cringeworthy moments are because I wasn't being my best self, but also some of the moments that propelled me ahead was just being that kind of asshole, just pushing forward and not tolerating and not listening and not accepting. If I stayed down every time someone told me to stay down. That's where I'd be right now. And I can think there are examples that happen every day to this day, kind of like, oh, well, you tried. So just go ahead and give up. You know, I'm past midlife. I have adult children. I have grandchildren, and I'm still learning and I'm still growing. Hold on. Hold on. You're a grandma? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Wow,
0: man. The camera does well for you. (laughs)
1: Thank you. I love a good Zoom filter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not just saying that, man. That's awesome.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: No, listen. So, you know, I have a saying thrust is a must, man. We got to move forward. We got to move forward hard and fast. Right. And it all has to do with rocket fuel, of course. My, my one buddy, uh, that's one of my partners, said when I first started coming up with that saying, he's like, "Dude, that nine out of ten people around that by don't like it. It has too much sexual connotation to it." I'm like, "Sex sells, brother. Thrust yeah. is a must." <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we have to move forward. And when people think you're an asshole or say right. something like that to you, they're really talking about themselves because they're talking about the fact that they can't pursue and persist like you're doing, and they're jealous right. of that, or they just they just feel their shortcomings in it. And so once you become aware of that, man, it's easy to push forward.
1: Right. I mean, I think, you know, my show is called Micro Empires because what I did was I built these small, little, tiny empires, finger quotes, for wealth and security because I had lost everything twice. And I was like, there's no way. I cannot put everything back into a job or back into a man or back into a house. I have to create these little things that if anybody or anything tries to take it away, I have these other things to fall back on. I call it moving the needle every day. You know, it may be rocket fuel, but it, it I think it's also okay to be like, I accomplished these four tiny steps in the directions of my dreams today.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's all I was able to do today. Tomorrow, maybe it'll be, you know, I rode the rocket ship onto something else. Uh-huh. But I just think that's really important. And in my show, in my story, anytime I'm interviewed, I share all of my numbers because that was part of rebuilding listening to someone. I you know, I'm a Grant Cardone fan. I'm You know, I'm a fan of all the great mentors that are out there that don't know me, but they are my mentors. It can be intimidating, and so I really wanted to tell you know every part of it, like what I lost, how I rebuilt, and I do that like from the tiny minutia of rebuilding credit to getting my first property, and then getting a second property and a third property, and using those through short-term rental through Airbnb. Meanwhile, manipulating my W-2 job. And all of the tools that are available to you that it takes time to learn. So, yeah, I just, I, I, it's important to go ahead.
0: But let's just clarify something manipulating. You're not talking about going, you're finding, you're talking about legal loopholes, not, not doing things. Just to clarify that, everybody, because you guys don't know Jennifer. I know that she's ethical, but so quick question here. So, the one thing before I do that, the mentors, I like to make sure the mentors know me. Right. Like you can do research from afar, but to me, I think you have too many outs. Mm-hmm. Um, and plan Bs if you don't perform based on what they're telling you. So right. what I like to do is I like to make sure in my mind, I say, okay, I'm going to be a case study for this person. If I'm going to study them, I'm going to be a case study for their content to be successful. And I'm going to make sure I know they know who I am. They are aware of what I'm doing. And I'm going to let them know about it, even if they don't want to hear about it. Because right. what it is, it's not about them at that point. It's about me trying to hold myself accountable to achieve and so if they do know about me and, and they, it serves them as well, of course, that's a benefit. And I want that to happen as well. But at the end of the day, for accountability, it's too easy to turn and run or you know, jump ship when nobody knows or sees what you're doing, right?
1: I agree. I agree. So I have mentors that are close to me, people who are in my world that definitely follow me or have led me places. But then that, there are other folks where I'm reading their books or I'm reaching out to them. And you know, yes, you know, getting these mentors on a larger stage. But I also, you know, I try to encourage people like, you know, you may not have Grant Cardone today or, you know, C-Rock as your mentor today, but you can get there and it's okay to watch them. But you're right. I mean, it's all about taking action. None of this matters if you don't take action. Accountability, man. Accountability.
0: So tell tell us about your story. You know, you take us back as far back as you want in your life, but tell us the, the ingredients that went into making, Jennifer.
1: So I mean, as you said in the beginning, I lost everything twice. And I have to, you know, underscore that. So, you know, no job, no car, no place to live, two kids to raise, chapter thirteen bankruptcy. And I did that twice. And all of my money mistakes weren't necessarily, they weren't me buying expensive clothes or making a bad investment. It was that I they were relational. I turned my financial well being over to another human being. And that happens a lot. My first you know, it was my first marriage. And my ex-husband sued me 25 times in 10 years. And yeah. And that's a reality. And you don't really have a choice when it's your children on the line. So I spent 10 years battling in a court system in California um, that drove me into bankruptcy. The second time was really the same reason. However, the second time I'd kind of jumped from the frying pan into the fryer. I was in a relationship with someone for a long period of time. Seven years. And he was a person of means who really wanted me to leave my job, which I'm grateful for. Don't get me wrong. But it, when that relationship ultimately ended, I had made the same mistake again and was again with nothing to my name, which is just, you know, and then I'm in my early 40s and I have these two kids that are still relying on me. So that's where really, I mean, my rocket fuel at that time was like, this is never happening again. Whatever I need to do to learn this lesson, I'm yep. going to learn this lesson. And that's when I started building, rebuilding credit, and then ultimately house hacking, short-term rental. And when I talk about money manipulation, you're absolutely right. I uh, have great CPAs. I have great attorneys. I have great bookkeepers. I do everything legally. But I think you would agree, your audience, certainly, if they're listening, there are, quote, secrets of the wealthy that are really available to anyone, but they, are, they can seem so complex and scary. Yep. That Folks don't know where to begin. Self-directed IRAs, 1031 exchanges, being able to purchase homes for 3% down, being able to borrow against a 401k without penalty or taxes. Like these were little things that I was like, "Wait a minute, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that." And so I kept using the tools, rinsing, repeating, and doing them over and over again. And I also got really comfortable with being uncomfortable. None of this was I think I moved 8 8 times in 3 years because I was busy house hacking. That's not fun. No, that's not fun for a woman in her mid forties. You know that doesn't look great on your Match.com profile. Hey, I've been sofa surfing for five. You know, whatever. But I was building wealth, and I knew it would get me there. And I was just laser focused on that during that time.
0: Got it. Got it. So uh, yeah. So growing up, what went mm-hmm. into? Because it seems like you're you're similar to me. You're a little stubborn, which is a good thing when it's on the right thing, and a bad thing when it's on the bad thing, right? That's right. Um, what, what growing up, like how did you grow up? Like what, what was it like growing up?
1: Well, I'm the youngest of six and um, two parents from the Northeast and from uh, the Boston area mostly. And my parents grew up, um, they wouldn't call it poor, but probably you and I would. Uh, they worked very, very hard. They were savers. They were super conservative. Credit cards are bad. There's no such thing as good debt, you know? So I grew up with that mindset and I call it money culture. And I'm grateful for that. That taught me a lot about sort of budgeting and being frugal and that money doesn't define me, et cetera, et cetera. But it also taught me, uh, or at least I left the home kind of with this idea of I'm going to stay between the lines, you know, do what I'm told. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to, you know, be a good wife. I'm going to whatever. And it'll kind of all work out because my mom loved my dad and my dad loved my mom and they took care of each other and all that good stuff. But that wasn't in the cards for me. That's not who I chose. And that's not the path that I went on. When I really, uh, for me, we just talk about like money because that's what I focus on, but you can't separate money from identity or from security. So you can't separate it from your personality at all. Um, When I really got clear that I had to do a serious mind shift was the second time I lost everything because I just couldn't believe that I had done it again. And I think it's a very common story. Well, I know it is. Um, I kept it a secret Until I started recording the podcast, because there was no way to do it without telling my story. Once I started telling it, people tell me all the time now. They're like, I'm here right now. I have so much shame. I'm after a 27 year marriage, I'm broke. I didn't work while I was married, or it can come from the male side too, had to give up everything, or there was credit card debt or whatever. And there's just tremendous shame. So I'm grateful for the roots, the conservative kind of roots that raised me. And I'm also grateful that I was able to be surrounded by people who I was willing to learn from and be kind of the dumbest person in the room to learn all of these new ideas, mostly in real estate, to be fair, because there's so many ways to grow wealth in real estate late in life. Late in life, I say, but not really late in life, because you know, I'm gonna live for another at least 50 years. So
0: yeah, you know, that's one thing that happened to me about two, three years ago. I'm in the mortgage industry, and I've identified as a mortgage person. Right, I was running a team. We got up to 40 employees. Still do that, but I identified that with that as, as for a long time. And I worked for a company that crumbled because of things, some things that happened with the ownership and all. And at that point, I had 22 employees at that time, and I felt like, man, like I'm losing my identity. I di- identified myself as a division manager for this company, and you know, I had this group, and I was so proud. I lived, eat, breathed it, you know, and. Then it came. Come to find out, like I was identifying as that, and when that came, went away. I was like, "Who am I?" Like I didn't have my identity, and that was a similar, probably, thing to you when you when you were married and not having yeah. like an outside job. I know you worked in the household, I'm sure, right? Uh, mom and wife and all that, which is important. So, but at the end of the day, you you had like, "What what is my identity now?" Right, and that's what I went through as well, and and I hit rock bottom to an extent, and that's where the Sea Rock brand was born. And now I identify with all the things I do. C-Rock. And then I have a core purpose, which is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And everything goes, filtered through that. And I do a lot of things, but it all goes back to my core purpose and under C-Rock. And nobody can take that from me. right? So that's kind of the thing, how you felt and how did you rebrand yourself? Like once you, you know.
1: Yes, that definitely was part of it. I don't think I realized it at the time, but it's exactly what you're saying. I I think I realized like, I just have to develop me. I have to understand me who I am on every level. And then everything else that happens around me, uh, has to come back to the core of who I am.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at Mike forward slash book. That's Mike dot C.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives guys. I will not let you down now back to the show.
1: And interestingly, I interview a lot of former athletes, as do you, and uh, recently I had a guest on. he talked about identity foreclosure. He works on uh, he, NFL players, and I'm married to a former athlete, and I'm not somebody who ever followed sports at all. We've only been married three years, not even three years yet. So he, you know, to hear what it was like to grow up as an athlete, and that's who you are that's your entire definition, and then suddenly it's like, boom, it's over, and your identity is foreclosed on was the most interesting thing and transition. and I know you see it in a pattern and you talk about it a lot on your show. And anybody who's successful post sports or is post something like you when you lost everything, how they're successful is by building from within. Yeah. figuring out who they are and what they're going to do because that's never going to go away. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what happens to everything that you've built. Financially, I mean, of course it matters, et cetera, but you're who you are and that's going to stay with you. You're never going to be a mortgage company again. You're never, you know, never going to be those sorts of things. So that was definitely something. And when you go back into the, because I always had a corporate job until 2018, then I left it. But when you go back in the corporate world and you've discovered that about yourself, I knew that about myself, but I also knew that this corporate job was going to give me. You know, a great salary. I was an executive salesperson. I was gonna be making six figures. I was gonna have all the benefits. And I needed that as a base, but that's not the best person in the world to try to manage. You know, mm-hmm. so I tried being a sales rep is different though, because you have a lot of freedom. But I try to be very manageable, but I never fit in in, you know, there are definitely people who try to keep you in that, you know, office, the office environment. The hierarchy, and when your mindset has gone beyond that, you're like, "I'm just here for a minute, and then I'm going to be on my way." So, changes yeah. everything.
0: And to clarify, I didn't lose everything, but I've lost my identity. But I, mm-hmm. and then I have a saying as well: "It's never as bad as you think it is, and it's never as good as other people view it to be." That's true. So, I'm always thinking like, "I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I need to get there. I'm, I'm worse off than I am." And I think that keeps me on my toes. I think it's a healthy thing, actually. I could be wrong, but but people on the outside, C-Rock, you're killing it. Oh, man, I see you. You know, and you, But you can't fall into that because to me, complacency is my kryptonite. When I hear that stuff, I'm so concerned with the fact that I might let the, the, the foot off the gas. Right. And so, you know, but, and the other thing I want to talk about when you got to that situation where you needed to change and you were in the forties, I assume you said.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So similar to me, I felt like, oh my gosh, I wasted all that time. And now I have to act with urgency. That's where thrust is a must came from. Because I've had this short shrinking window, and I got to jam everything I wanted to do in my whole life in this window now, right? And I messed up in the past. You know, I did great things, and but then there was a phase of my life from eighteen to twenty-five where I was partying, drinking, and party just just stupid, chasing. It's just dumb. Yeah. And uh, I got stuck in that, losing my purpose and intention. So yeah, and I can definitely relate with you. What are some uh, basically, if somebody's listened to this and wants to get into the real estate world, what's the first thing you would do, or give us like the first three steps? To, yeah. for someone to achieve, and also like for a great foundation and being on the right track.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the Purple Bible, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, You know, everybody reads that. That's just sort of your initial mindset thing. Keep it. You could read it in a day or whatever. The big shift for me, honestly, was joining a real estate investors group. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and they happen to have an amazing investors group. And it was an opportunity for me to go to a place where, you know, on a Monday night, there would be 200, 300 people there who were at all levels of real estate. But the reason I excelled was because I went there, like you say, you know, in my 40s, you know, thinking, oh my God, I've wasted all of this time. I've, I've blown it again. To walk in there and just to be willing to be like, I'm just here to learn anything. I didn't speak the language because it's a different language altogether but just being open to learning because then everything else comes to you. You are never going to be at a shortage of people going, read this book, watch this you know, video, go to this class, take this seminar, follow this person. You've got to find out what works for you. And for me, that was swimming in that pool of real estate investors for about a year and really learning and understanding. It's all I did. I ate, drank, slept. I, you know, I went on you know, the door knocking tours where we'd go into the rough neighborhoods. I went into Looking at building new developments. I went into, is it going to be trailer parks? I went into flips and I had to realize what I was capable of. And as a corporate salesperson with two kids, I wasn't going to be doing a flip. That wasn't going to work for me as a single woman. And I'm not handy at all. I have no desire to do that. So it took me a while to figure out my niche and then to take steps in that direction. So to me, that's how I, I'm, I learned by doing. I suffer no analysis paralysis. My podcast is the same thing I just started. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to go and I'm going to record because people kept asking me the same questions over and over again. So now I can at least say, go listen to episode you know, 40 you know, right. and not have to repeat right. it again.
0: So what's your vision now going forward? What's in the future for you?
1: Well, and I'm glad you asked that because I think it's really important what people consider wealth, definition of wealth, because I, I don't know if that's the right word, but for me, it's time and options. So I'm wealthy if I can dictate how and when I spend my time and that I always have options. So if I get a flat tire or a big medical bill or whatever, I might be bummed. I might be a little stressed about it, but what I'm not going to be is terrified that I can't have the option to pay it or handle it in a different way. And when you're poor, you don't have either. You don't control your time and you don't control your options. So for me moving forward, my goal and with my husband And he was on a different trajectory, but now we're on the same. Is to create more assets and money with our money and work less and less and less. I want more and more and more time. Between us, we have six adult children. We already have two grandbabies. I made him a grandfather when he married me. (laughs) And, you know, I want a house full of grandbabies. And I want to, you know, I want the time. Right now, we're on vacation with eight of the adult kids. And there's significant others. And because of an investment that we made, we're at this amazing resort. You know, that's part of that money manipulation I talk about. We made an investment in this company so that we could travel like this. So that's my goal, really. And other people, I think when you're in your 30s or something, maybe it's like, well, I wanna build a business or I wanna whatever. But I, I do really think it's important to stop and think exactly where you are at that moment. When you and I talked on the phone the other day, you were headed to a soccer game or a volleyball game or something.
0: Yeah. I don't even remember now. It was, uh, I don't know. I think- Somebody's game. Yeah. Birthday party game. I don't remember. Yeah.
1: Right. But I mean, you've that's set terrible. your life up where, right. But you've set your life up where you're like, this is, this is what I'm doing. There are lots of people that are like, oh, I can't go to that because I'm busy, heads down, focused yeah, yeah. on my business. So I think that's really important. But yeah, I'm definitely, I'm like trying to slow it down, but increase uh, the income because I, want, I don't want to suffer anymore myself. And I also want to be able to teach this and have it as a legacy as well. Yeah. So you're talking about passive income. So, mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah. And then, so one last question before we get into the rocket fuel question, talk about the relationship with your husband and how you guys get on the same page and how you overcome uh, differences in, in visions or goals.
1: Oh boy. That's a big question. Um, so it's hard. And we talk, I talk about it a lot on the show I think so. Money is one of those things that we're not supposed to talk about. It's impolite, etc. People will tell you about their sex lives; they won't tell you about, you know, how much debt they might you can get have. Get into et that too, if
0: you want to. That's up to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just yeah,
1: yeah, he'd love that. Um, you know, when I met him, he was working as an NHL analyst. So he was traveling with one of the hockey teams. He had been a professional hockey player for many, many years. So he was still living that hockey life on the road with the team never having understood sports myself, I was like, well, this is crazy. But he loved what he did. So he was gone, 80 games a year, just gone. And that was his life. And the team dictates your life. And he loved it. I was happy for him, but I was like, you understand they own you, right? I was already on this path where I was traveling to other countries, looking for investing opportunities, looking for ways to make passive income. Well, lo and behold, he got fired and that killed him. But at the same time, that's the day it happened. I said, this is the best thing that could ever happen. And then he got on board. So now he also has multiple streams of income. He's working in different ways. But on a day-to-day basis, we do struggle with it. Like anybody, we've got a blended family, how you spend money, et cetera. So we talk about money culture. And really what we focus about is it's not necessarily like, hey, how much money are we going to spend on a car or a house? It's about how it makes you feel. And so I'm somebody who, because I lost everything, spending money left and right still makes me feel afraid. It still makes me feel scared. Other folks, when they spend money, it might make them feel whole because maybe they were denied things as a kid. Um, and so there's actually, I'm, I have an ebook that's free and then I'm writing a course. Yeah, it's really sure. about, sure. okay. Yeah. The ebook is just called, You Don't Have to Be Wealthy to Build Wealth. And it's available on my website and it's downloadable. It's completely free. I'm also developing a course, but it's really about walking through that. Like, what is your money culture? What's your wife's money culture? So that you understand when this person goes out and spends money in a way that you don't understand, is it because they have an emotional attachment? So we have this ongoing conversation. I'm not saying it's easy, especially with a blended uh, family and with two alphas who married late in life and both have their own incomes and their own assets it's difficult, but we do it. And the more we, it's a muscle. So uh, we try to engage in those. I try to engage in those conversations probably a couple of times a week. Yeah. Just make sure we're on yeah, the same awesome. page.
0: Awesome. I love that. That's great value for the audience. All right. Final question before we do that, what's the website that they can get the ebook and on best way to engage with you?
1: So my website is microempires, micro-empires.com and you can get everything there, the podcast books, everything. Um, obviously, my podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Micro Empires, and I'm on all the socials. And I'm on Clubhouse, following you on Clubhouse. I love Clubhouse. It's fantastic. It's just been such a great tool. Yeah.
0: By the way, I just started a club today, the Sea rock Experience. Ooh. So check that out. If you're listening, okay. Jennifer, join it. If you're listening, come join the Sea rock Experience Club on Clubhouse. We're going to have rooms networking, building relationship capital for each other, uh, talking about non-tech entrepreneurs that have ideas that usually go to the grave, and we're going to help get their tech ideas into businesses, like actually Love create it. businesses around that if it's a viable product. Um, I partnered up with a great dude, Jared Yellen. He's my buddy now, man, my partner, and I'm just so fired up about being a part of bringing entrepreneurs' dreams from their great big ideas that they have for inefficiencies out there. So, right, if listening and has a question about that. DM me on Instagram. Uh, let me know because uh, I want to help you. And also one other thing I'll tell you about too, Jennifer, and I'll tell the audience at the same time, we're doing a program right now called Young Entrepreneurs Movement, where we're actually mentoring and coaching eight-year-olds all the way up through college on how to come up with a big idea and how to carry it all the way through to market. The goal was a million kids in 10 years to go through this program. Mm -hmm. So we're reaching out to universities, colleges. If you are hearing this message right now and know someone at a child or a college, someone in a college or university that would entertain this. It's $97 per child. They get access to everything. We have mentors, coaches. I mean, multimillionaire mentor- mentors. I'm on the faculty and uh, it's a great purpose-driven mission that my buddy Jared has come up with. So I'm That is so great. That's so, awesome. I love now, that. Thank you. Final question. What does the rocket fuel law mean to you by taking everything that would stop a normal human being or slow them down, storing it in your fuel tank instead of your trunk where it would weigh you down and converting it into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable. What does that law mean to you, Jennifer?
1: Well, I'm glad you put a name on it. I mean, I feel like that is what has happened to me throughout my life. Certainly all the negativity. I mean, happiness is a choice. So I chose to be happy. There are th- some things you can't choose necessarily. Uh But I just, I chose and I choose every day to be happy. So no matter what the setbacks are, et cetera, to remain focused on the positive. And, you know, it's very easy for other people's fears to seep into what you're trying to do, especially when they start telling them, telling them to you, like, oh, that didn't work. You should quit. You should go get your job back. You know, maybe they'll rehire you at the subway, you know, whatever. But just saying no, just saying no to that and saying yes to yourself. That's what it's meant for me.
0: Love it. Love it. Great job, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. Go Thank enjoy you. yourself because I know I would be if I was where you are. And uh, just appreciate everything that you've done and what you're doing for people and your podcast and everything. So if you ever need anything, just reach out to your boy C Rock. Also, would like to connect with you further in the future about what you're doing and uh, also you. what we're
1: doing. So and-
0: see some synergies.
1: And you're coming on my show. So thank you so yes, much. Yes. I appreciate that. We'll see you in a couple of months. I'm really excited about can't that.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, thank you very much, guys. you can listen to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C. Rock. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for if you bought my book. Thank you so much for buying the Rock if you book. Until next time, continue to be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikeserock.com, Searock themikesirock, with no K, dot com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike ccom forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.